Hi, I'm so glad you've joined me on Stay Tuned. This week we are going to Hooterville. Today we're going to learn a little bit about Green Acres. And in our next podcast, we are going to concentrate on Ava Gabor, one of the stars of the show. So, you know, in the 1950s, a lot of the top shows were set in residential or suburban areas. Shows like Father Knows Best, Ozzy and Harriet, The Donna Reed Show, December Bride. But in the 60s, the rural sitcom became the hottest genre. In 1963, The Beverly Hillbillies was number one, Petticoat Junction was number four, and The Andy Griffith Show came in at number five. Filmways offered Paul Henning the chance to produce a new rural show. Based on his past success, he was told no pilot was necessary. Filmways was created in 1952, and that company was behind many successful shows, including The Debbie Reynolds Show, Mr. Ed, The Addams Family, Cagney and Lacey, and a show that should have been a lot more successful than it was, The Pruitts of Southampton, or in syndication, known as The Phyllis Diller Show. Paul Henning approached Jay Summers to create the new rural comedy. Summers decided to base the series on a radio show he had written in 1950 called Granby's Green Acres. Granby was based on a book, Acres and Pains, by S.J. Perlman. The radio show only lasted 13 episodes. It starred Gail Gordon and B. Benadurette. Granby was a former banker who moved to the country to run a farm. He also had a daughter, and the general store owner was a major character, Will Kimball, played in the first episode by Howard McNear, who would go on to be Floyd in the Mayberry shows. A couple of titles proposed were Country Cousins and The Eddie Albert Show, but the final decision was Green Acres. Green Acres ran on CBS from 1965 to 1971 with solid ratings. It produced 170 episodes, all filmed in color. Richard Baer directed most of the shows. At the end of each episode, Ava Gabor would say, this has been a filmways presentation, darling. While the Beverly Hillbillies took a family out of the mountains and put them in the Beverly Hills, Green Acres went the opposite scenario. The premise of the show was that Oliver Douglas, who had been a busy attorney in New York City, decides he wants to move to the country and run his own farm. His wife, Lisa, does not agree. He buys a farm unseen in Hooterville. We are never told where Hooterville is, and I think everyone has their own idea of which state it might be in. The house and farm are more run down and dilapidated than even Lisa imagined in her worst nightmare. The citizens of Hooterville are a quirky set of characters. The debut show was done as a documentary narrated by John Daly, a former newscaster and the host of What's My Line. Eddie Albert and Ava Gabor appear on What's My Line later in the fall as a thank you to Daly. The theme song is memorable and tells the backstory of the Douglases, where Oliver says, Green Acres is the place to be, farm living is the life for me, land spreading out so far and wide, keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. And Lisa responds, no, New York is where I'd rather stay. I get allergic smelling hay. I just adore a penthouse view. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. And then they go back and forth with Oliver saying, the chores, and Lisa, the stores, fresh air, Times Square, you are my wife, goodbye city life. And they both end up with Green Acres, we are there. Snippets of the country in New York City were shown while the stars sing and ends with both of them in the same pose as American Gothic by Grant Wood. Like the Andy Griffith show, the series worked because of the interaction between these Hooterville citizens who become believable for us. Let's meet the cast of characters. Oliver Wendell Douglas, played by Eddie Albert. Oliver's intelligent, hardworking, and practical to a fault. 
He has to deal with a kooky wife, a disapproving mother played by Eleanor Audley, who in reality was only five months older than Albert, and the quirky neighbors who surrounded him. However, Oliver has a respect for the wisdom these people have about farming and rural life. Despite the fact that he seems to be the only sane person in the valley, it's obvious he truly has an affection for the folks he lives with. Lisa Douglas, played by Ava Gabor. Lisa grew up in a wealthy Hungarian family. Her misuse of the English language is one of her endearing qualities. She has a hard time adjusting to farm life. In one episode, she's using a stapler to fix all of her socks. While Oliver is telling her how women for centuries have sewn socks, Fred Ziffel, the most experienced farmer in Hooterville, enters the room and sees Lisa. He notices how she's mending the socks and says his wife does it the same way. Despite the fact that Lisa did not want to leave the city, she adapts to living in the country quickly and develops an understanding with the neighbors that Oliver never attains. Eb Dawson, played by Tom Lester. Eb is the farmhand who lives with the Douglases. He comes off as naive, but we understand that Eb is much smarter than he lets on. He's always trying to get less work for more money. He calls Lisa and um, Oliver mom and dad, which Lisa loves, but it drives Oliver crazy. Then we have Mr. Eustace Haney, played by Pat Buttram. Mr. Haney is the unethical and dishonest salesman who originally sold Oliver the farm, which had belonged to his family. He's always showing up to sell them something that they need at outrageous prices. Sam Drucker, played by Frank Cady. Sam was a busy guy. He ran the general store. He was the newspaper editor, the only printer in town. He was part of the volunteer fire department. He was the justice of the peace, and he's the postman. Apart from Oliver, he was the smartest and most sane person in the valley, and he and Oliver often commiserated about the crazy life going on around them. Pink Kimball, played by L.V. Moore, was the country agricultural agent who was supposed to help Oliver adjust to farming. He often loses his train of thought and rarely follows through on the news or information he is supposed to relay. The Monroe Brothers, played by Sid Melton as Elf and Mary Grace Canfield as Ralph, are a brother and sister team that Elf portrays as brother and brother in order to get more work. Their projects are never finished on time and rarely finished the correct way. Then we have Fred and Doris Ziffel, played by Hank Patterson and Barbara Pepper. The Ziffels were successful farmers. They had no children, but they did have a pet pig that they considered a son named Arnold. Arnold Ziffel was their pet pig and one of the most intelligent people in Hooterville. He understands English, attends the local grade school, lives inside in his own bedroom, can sign his name, and is a bit addicted to television, especially Westerns. A new pig was used each season because they grew so fast. The union demanded pigs be paid $250 a day, and they were trained by Frank Inn. In 1967, Arnold won a Patsy Award. Some of the other animals featured on the show included Eleanor the cow, Bertram the rooster, Alice the hen, and Mr. Haney's dog, Cynthia, a basset hound who had a huge crush on Arnold. Green Acres had its fair share of guest stars, including Parley Bear, Robert Cummings, June Foray, Alan Hale Jr., Elaine Joyce, Gordon Jump, Bernie Capel, Al Lewis, Rich Little, Al Molinero, Pat Morita, Jerry Van Dyke, and Jesse White. The show was 25% surrealism, 25% satire, and 50% just plain fun. Some of the running gags on the show were the fact that people, except Oliver, could see the credits running, and Lisa often commented on them. A lot of the jokes were at Oliver's expense. He was the only one in town who could not understand Arnold's grunts. 
Also, whenever Oliver got passionate about something, he went into a monologue, usually very patriotic, and everyone but him could hear fifes playing. Lisa's hotcakes were also good for many projects, just not for eating. The Douglases had a feud with the phone company because they were supposed to move their phone inside. Whenever they had to use the phone, Oliver had to climb up a phone pole to talk. Oliver had a Hoyt Clydewell tractor, which was usually breaking down, catching on fire, or falling apart. We also had the stark extremes of sophisticated New York living and rural life. Lisa continued to dress in beautiful gowns and furs. They slept in a huge expensive brass bed with an elaborate chandelier over their heads. But their closet had no back, so the neighbors walked in off and on. The fire department marching band often practices at Sam Drucker's store, but for all five years, whenever they practice, they only know one song. There'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Although Lisa continues to threaten to move back to New York City, aided and abetted by Oliver's mother, we know she loves him and she'll never leave without him. Despite their arguments, Lisa and Oliver are frequently seen kissing and hints are given about them retiring to their room together. In real life, Albert and Gabor were dear friends and they're both buried in Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles. Tom Lester credited Albert with helping him as an actor and being a surrogate father to him. The two remained close friends until Albert passed away. There are many crossovers with Petticoat Junction and the Beverly Hillbillies. Sam Drucker was featured in both Green Acres and Petticoat Junction. Some of the characters visited each other on various episodes. It is funny that B. Bernard Durrett starred in Petticoat Junction as well as the radio show Granby's Green Acres, which means Green Acres was based on her radio show and was a spinoff of her television show. She was also Pearl Bodine in the Beverly Hillbillies. In 1968, a Beverly Hillbillies Thanksgiving show united cast members from all three of the series. With 170 episodes, it's really hard to come up with the best five. But after looking at various polls, TV guide reviews, and my own watching of the show, I'll do my best to represent the, what the majority thinks. Number five is Music to Milk By. Ab wants to win a radio contest, and he has to listen all day and night to the radio, which really cuts into his chores, especially when the cow swallows the radio. Four, I didn't raise my pig to be a soldier. Arnold Ziffel gets a draft notice. Oliver acts as his attorney before the draft board. They're assuming Oliver is making fun of them with the pig and the real Arnold is somewhere else. However, after a lot of explanations and some time in jail, Oliver convinces them Arnold really is a pig. At the end of the show, Oliver is back before the draft board because Ralph Monroe, a woman who they think is a man, has now been drafted. Three, the Hooterville image. The town agrees that Oliver needs to do chores and overalls. He's been farming in a vest and dress shirt, which makes the neighbors uncomfortable. They finally convince him to become more accepted by switching his attire until they see the overalls Lisa's dress designer came up with. The computer age. Ralph Monroe joins a computer dating service. Oliver and Lisa disagree on whether that's a good idea. Oliver thinks it is. He also thinks computers are the best way to run a farm. To prove her point, Lisa uses this service to see if she and Oliver would have been paired up. And finally, a star named Arnold is born, parts one and two. Arnold appears in a play at the local theater. Lisa arranges for an old friend to give him a chance in show business. So in part two, Lisa and Oliver chaperone his trip to Hollywood for him to star in a motion picture. Oddly enough, the top four I picked were all from season two, and a star named Arnold is born is from season three. In the spring of 1971, Green Acres was still pulling in good ratings. 
However, the Royal Purge of 71 got rid of any show that had country leanings, whether they were audience favorites or not. In full disclosure, I loved Petticoat Junction growing up, and I could not stand the Beverly Hillbillies. I thought Green Acres was okay, but if I missed it, that was okay too. As I've gotten older, I still really like to watch Petticoat Junction, and I don't care for the Beverly Hillbillies, but I have developed a much greater appreciation for Green Acres. If a show was capable of having a sense of humor, this one did. It never took itself seriously. Eddie Albert was willing to be the straight guy to the rest of the ensemble. The character interaction worked, and no dialogue came off as too zany. The citizens might not have always agreed or understood each other's lifestyles, but they had affection and respect for each other. Lisa's reading the credits and different characters addressed in the audience brought us in on the jokes and made us part of the Greenacres family. Now when I watch the show, I laugh out loud. A lot. I don't laugh at the characters. I laugh with them. For being a rural sitcom, this show has some sophisticated humor. If you have not watched the show in a while, you owe it to yourself to check it out. Get to know the folks in Hooterville.